0: Context of one Samuel. Jason is staring at me. Um, (laughs) um, And um, because it's such a big book, we want to have a bit of an overview of you know just kind of the structure and think a little bit about how we read um, Old Testament books um, because they're a little bit different for us sometimes than New Testament books. Um, So how about I pray and then we'll um, get started. Uh, Father, thank you so much for your word, uh, the Bible. Uh, Thank you for 1 and 2 Samuel. Um, We pray that as we uh, think about the whole books now and where they fit um, into the Bible, and as we think about them over this trimester, please help us, uh, help us understand, help us to know more about your son through it. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in your outlines, um, you'll see a big timeline. if anyone doesn't have an outline, um, you pop your hand up. Also, if you um, if English is not your first language, if you find English a bit hard, I have some um, text of what I'm going to say, which uh, Daniel will hand out now. So just pop up your hand if you don't have an outline, or if you want um, an easier English version. Anyone else? Outline. <laughs> <laughs> Once you have an outline, have a look at that timeline. Um, and turn to the person next to you and try and locate uh, 1 and 2 Samuel on the timeline. So that might be an easy task, or maybe you just have to ask the person next to you to give us something advice. Where does 1 and 2 Samuel sit? You have to figure out where it fits on the timeline. Okay, that should be enough time to either find it or not. Um, Does anyone want to suggest where it fits on the timeline? I'm listening to Will. Can everyone hear Will? Samuel was the last judge, so it started start at the tail end of the Judges, I okay. So kind of here. So this is a timeline of um, all of history, really, um, but particularly focusing on the nation of Israel, um, which is God's special people in the Bible. Um, the Judges is here. It's about 1,300 to 1,000 uh, before Christ, so about 3,000 years ago. And that's right, Will. So Samuel was kind of here. The books of Samuel fall into the king Saul, David, um, and we hear about Solomon, but we don't get to see him as king, I think. So that's where where Samuel fits. It's a book that's um, historical, so we learn things that happened all those years ago in the Bible. it um, happened over several decades. Um, it's also much more than a history book. Um, we don't just learn about the kinds of things we study in history class which I'll talk about a bit more later. Um, if you keep looking at your timeline, the books of the Bible, are beginning at the beginning of Genesis and moving forward, it's kind of a continuous story over thousands of years. Um, and it's all generated by the early chapters of Genesis. Um, so God creates the world. Um, he makes it good. He makes people to relate to him and to love one another. Um, oh, thanks. That's good. Um, and then he um, has them in the garden things are good but then humanity turns their back on God Um, so the relationship between God and humans is broken um, and the rest of the Bible is about God's solution to that problem so it's about God sending someone to save his people and bring them back to him Um, this promise of God to save um, we we see it in a few kind of um, hints all the way through the, the time of the Bible before Jesus and then we find out Jesus is the, the high point and the fullness of all of that. Um, so in Genesis, right at the start of the Bible, there's a guy, so towards the start, there's a guy called Abraham. And God made a particular promise uh, to him. Um, I've got some verses printed on the slide. Geordie, would you mind reading that for us? The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed for you. So this is an important part of um, the history of God's dealings with humanity. Um, God chose a particular person to make into a great nation, and through that nation, he will bless the whole world. That's what God is going to do. Um, And Samuel is uh, many years after that, um, when the descendants of Abraham had grown into a great nation. Uh, We find out more and more about them. Um, So we'll we'll follow through and see what happens there. The next thing that happened, the next big event of the Bible, it's very hard to see, but if you look for Moses on the timeline, and the Exodus um, was a big event. Um, That was when God formed all these children of Abraham into a nation of people. So God saved his people, and again he says, this isn't just for these people to make a special nation all by themselves, but it has a purpose for the whole world. Um, Tim, would you mind reading the verses from Exodus? I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and now I bore you on evil wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant. You shall be my treasured possession among all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Mm -hmm. So God chose these special people, descendants of Abraham, to make them a kingdom of priests, which means they're going to be the people that show the rest of the world what God is like and what what his acts and dealings with the people are and how this promise of salvation will come. Um, Which is why it's relevant for us to learn about this ancient people, Israel. I mean, sometimes if you read the Old Testament, it's hard to think, why do we, um, who are from Australia or from Asia or from Europe, why are we thinking about this ancient people, Israel? Um, But it's through the people, Israel, that God has a promise, um, a person through whom he'll bless the whole world. So what God does with Israel teaches us a lot about God and what he'll do um, for all the world. Um, so when God saved his people, they were, they were slaves in Egypt and He brought them into the Promised Land. Um, they were supposed to live under God's rule to show people how great God is and what it looks like to be his people. Um, but they failed quite miserably. Um, over and over again, um, they would reject God um, and then things went badly for them. Um, have I got another slide? Yep, yep. Okay. So this is my great diagram of what happened in Israel's history during that time that we'll mention, the time of the judges. This is the early part of their life in the promised land that God has given them to be a nation, especially for God. They would reject God, they would worship idols, uh, things that are not gods. Um, God would then punish them, and he did that by sending enemy armies, or allowing enemies to attack them. Um, then Israel would see their enemies and they'd get afraid, and so they would say, God help us, and they would turn back to him and stop worshipping idols. And so he would send a judge, uh, like a leader, to go and rescue them. Um, and things would be good for a while, but then the judge would die, and then the nation kind of went bad again. Um, so that kind of happened over and over. Um, so they they had this pattern which wasn't going well. Um, and the book of Judges just kind of shows... Through Israel's history, they've had such hope and promise of being God's special people, but so they've kind of ended up in a bit of a shambles. Um, the last verse in the book of Judges, um, I have a quiz for people who were at summit. Um, is like this: In those days, there was Can throw it in? no floating. No king. There was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Uh, so this is Israel's problem. They had no leader. They couldn't follow God because they kept turning away from God. So what did they need? What did we also learn at some that they need? King any, yeah. <laughs> we're not at some else. <laughs> someone said a king. A king. <laughs> oh, you said that but that's great. They needed a king and not just any king, they needed a good king. They needed someone who would lead them after God. So all of that is the context before Samuel. So Samuel comes kind of in the um, early part of Israel's history, about a thousand years before Jesus. Um, Israel was not in a good state um, because they didn't have a leader. Um, They needed a king to come and lead them. Um, That's where Samuel picks up. Samuel's about the rise and fall of different leaders in Israel. And as we see those leaders, we learn a lot about God, we learn a lot about what people are like, and the relationship between God and people. Um, I'm going to draw a diagram for you about the structure of 1 and 2 Samuel. There are four important leaders um, that we see. One of them is less important. Three kind of extra important leaders in Samuel. Um, where is my texter? Does anyone know the first leader that we're going to meet in Samuel? It's kind of harder. Is the less important one? I don't think so. <laughs> Eli the priest. Eli, okay? So Eli was a priest, he was supposed to serve um, in the temple of God, um, but he was not good because he let his sons um, steal from the temple. Um, And he pretty quickly in chapter 3, see him die and his whole family dies. Israel needs a better leader. Um, Who's the next leader we meet in Samuel? This one's easier to guess. Samuel. 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 Yeah. Samuel. So we meet Samuel. Um, he's a good leader. Um, so God particularly um, appoints Samuel to be a leader of His people and um, to help them against their enemies, um, but also uh, to speak God's word to them. He's a, he's a prophet, um, and so the people have to listen to Samuel to learn about God. Um, he does a great job as a leader. He always listens to God, um, but. Why does Samuel's leadership come to an end? Does anyone know? Because Israel wants a king. Israel doesn't want just Samuel. Israel wants a king. Um, which, if you think about judges, it's kind of good, right? God said you need a king. Back in Deuteronomy, he also promised to be a king. But Israel wants a king to be like all the other nations. They want to be the same as everyone else. When the point of Israel is to be different from everyone else, to show people what God is like. Um, so Israel asked for a king which means Samuel's kind of leadership position comes to an end so, um, And Israel gets their first king. Does anyone know the name of Israel's first king? Saul. Yeah. So Saul rises up as king. Um, and what kind of a king is Saul, does anyone know? He's impressive, he's big and tall and strong, um, and also kind of dopey, and um, just not very bright, and prideful and arrogant, and he doesn't do the right thing, and so his sin leads to his downfall. Okay. God appoints a better king. What's the name of the better king? David. David. So King David's pretty famous. I've got an uncle called David. King David is pretty famous. Um, You know Michelangelo's statue in Italy in Milan? That's this David. I don't know if that's what he looked like. Um, So David is a special king because he's the king that God chooses to be. um, The king after God's heart. The king that God appoints and chooses to be a good ruler of his people. But even David has a downfall. <laughs> um, David also turns his back on God. Um, he does turn back to God after that, um, but he himself was not perfect. He wasn't a good king all the time. Um, so we have these leaders um, in Israel. Some of them are good, um, but they get shafted by needing Israel wanting a king. And also Samuel died, mm-hmm. so he couldn't keep on ruling Israel forever. That was a problem with the judges too. You'd have a good judge but then they would die and Israel would go bad again. Um, Some of the leaders of Israel sin. David as well. And even David died and his kingdom um, fell apart because of his sin as well. So Israel has this real struggle for leadership. And that's what we find throughout Samuel. even the king after God's own heart, is affected by this problem of sin or death. Sin or they die. Um, So going back to our Bible timeline, having David as king, even though he's a good king, doesn't solve all of the problems of Israel. They're They're still looking for their leader. They're still waiting for the right leader to come. The rest of the Old Testament history kind of goes from bad to worse. Um, The kingdom of David is divided into two after his death, after his son Solomon's death. And they end up exiled either into Assyria or into Babylon. Um, Those in Assyria never really came back. They just kind of disappeared into exile. And those who went to Babylon did come back. Um, But they still ended up being ruled by other governments. They weren't very uh, powerful, they were quite oppressed. And that was the nation of Israel, uh, which was found as Jesus was born, and as Jesus came onto the scene. They lacked that good leader until Jesus came. They had to wait a long time before Jesus. There's 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, But what we learn about the kings in the Old Testament really gets us ready for Jesus in the new. Um, so he's the king that perfectly rules, and he's the king that has defeated death and has defeated sin. So this problem of sin and death, Jesus overcomes. He has risen from the dead, and so he reigns, reigns forever. Um, and he can give forgiveness and eternal life and freedom from the sins that were always the biggest problem. And so Samuel looks forward to the better king, that what we have. I'm going to you stand and stretch for a moment, but as you do, talk to the person next to you about the Old Testament. Um, if you have any questions from that, talk about those. Also, how do you find it reading the Old Testament? Um, you might not have read any of it. Um, if you have, how do you find it different from reading the New Testament? <coughs> okay, talk for a minute. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> you some more? Um, oh, you got one. Do you have any more scripts? For, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. yeah. yes, right. yeah. that <laughs> 542. One is about judgment one's about forgiveness. One's about judgment one's about forgiveness. Mm, kind of, yep. Um, you, others? In terms so of what makes it different, the Old Testament speaks a lot of a future hope. Mm. You know, a future hope and a future Messiah or mm-hmm. Saviour. Whereas the New Testament is written to the fulfilment of the Old Testament, mm. so it speaks of the hope we have in Jesus. Mm. So we've got judgment on the one hand, but also hope. Those things are both in the Old Testament. Yep. Um, and a forward-looking thing. That's, that's good. What about your experience of reading it? Do you find it kind of different or, uh, yeah, do you think about it differently as you read the, the Bible? Just your own experience? Maybe some nods? It mm-hmm. can feel a bit different, kind of I find it harder. I think also people find it harder um, to know kind of how does this apply to me, um, especially some of this history stuff. You think, okay, this is what God is doing back then, um, but what does it mean me now. Um, there might be other questions about how is this relevant or um, well, what does this even mean? They're talking about people, I don't know who they are. I um, haven't heard of them before. They're from countries I haven't heard of. There's also things that make the Old Testament a bit tricky, isn't it? Um, I hope that as we study 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, um, we're going to learn a lot about what's useful. Um, have I got the Old Testament, New Testament slide there? Or no? Mm-hmm. no? Okay. Um, we're going to learn some great stories in 1 Samuel as well. Some of the things that we find will be really strange. There's kind of mice, and tumors, um, and plagues. Um, there's this ghost scene in 1 Samuel 28 or 20 something. Um, yeah. And it's often very funny. The characters are like Saul is really like he's very dopey. Um, they they're very real characters. So you can relate to them or Um, see them as real people because they are um, real people Um, and you learn about these key moments in history, key promises that God Mm -hmm. made um, that we still look back to and see God's faithfulness in now Um, the Old Testament isn't just about history it is history um, but it's more than that Um, we'll see what Jesus said about the Old Testament Um, does anyone want to volunteer to read this quote when we get a third volunteer And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Okay, thank you. So that's Jesus, after his resurrection, looking at the Old Testament and saying this is what it's about. Um, you notice he says, the law of Moses, so kind of those books of the law, the prophets and the Psalms. And you might think, what about Samuel? Is that law of Moses, prophets or Psalms? Um, actually it fits into the prophets Um, so because, even though it's it's a history book, it's written as a story a narrative, Um, it's God's history book, Um, so it's actually prophetic, Um, it it tells God's take on all of this Um, so that's where it fits in, so Jesus is saying um, something about the whole Old Testament uh, that it's relevant, Um, so chat to your neighbour again according to Jesus what's the Old Testament about and how does he summarise it from these from these verses <laughs> 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 So I had it in two possible places, that I must have just okay. That should be enough time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what, what would Jesus say the Old Testament is about? Himself, himself. yeah. Old Testament's about Jesus. So one Samuel and two Samuel are about Jesus. There's books that are written a thousand years before Jesus about Jesus. And though Jesus doesn't kind of feature in them, like he's not mentioned, um, there's still God's word to us about Jesus. Uh, Sometimes it takes a bit of thinking and figuring out how to to see that connection, because it's not always obvious. Um, But it's something that because of what Jesus says, um, we can have confidence in. Um, There's so much to learn about God's promise to save through his good king Jesus, from one and two Samuel. We'll learn about what our problem is and what we need saving from. Um, And because there's one God, there's one Bible, the same God is the one who spoke it all and is the author of it all. Um, So we can have confidence that it's got one message. It's got lots of parts to that message, lots of puzzle pieces that we put together, um, but it is one message. This is from my, my very first whole Bible I had, a, like, a kid's Bible before that. This is still a kid's Bible. I turned up at uni with my picture Bible. Um, but this is how it summarizes the Old Testament. Um, it's saying a saviour is coming. And the New Testament, when Jesus comes, is the message is a saviour has come. So that's how the whole Bible either looks forward to Jesus or looks to Jesus from from where we stand, from after Jesus. Um, One Samuel has particular things to say about Jesus being king or about what God's king should be like. Um, The word Christ, we often will talk about Jesus Christ. Um, That's a word that means king, God's anointed one. Um, So when we think about Jesus, we can think of him as King Jesus. When we think about kings in Samuel, we can learn stuff about what God's king should be like and will be like. Um, So there's heaps of reasons it's relevant for us. Um, here are my, my three reasons. You can probably think of other ones. Um, but 1 and 2 Samuel is relevant to us um, because it's God's word to us. Um, it's God's book. Um, it's about his son, who is our saviour. So it's worth knowing what we can learn from these books about our saviour. Um, Jesus is a better king. As we look at David, as we look at Saul, we can see the things that Jesus is that they are not. And we can also learn from David in particular Things of what Jesus is like. Um, And we can understand God and his King and Christ and ourselves a whole lot better um, by reading (coughs) this book. And that can help us respond. Even though it's Old Testament, and even though it might be hard work sometimes, this is a really good book for us to be reading. Um, It's 55 chapters if you read both books. The reason it's two is just because of scrolls. It's a kind of false breakup. It's one story. Maybe you want to set yourself a goal of reading 55 chapters over the trimester. It's five chapters a week, one chapter a day. Take weekends off. <laughs> Don't take it off the Bible, but you know, you might take it off Sunday. Um, so, you know, set yourself a goal. Um, have a go at that. Um, but it is a bit harder to read the Old Testament, isn't it? So I have a couple of tips about reading the Old Testament as well kind of help you get more out of the times that you spend reading on this part of the Bible. And the first tip is about genre, like I mentioned before. Um, whenever you read anything, you need to know what kind of writing it is. Um, is it a letter? Is it a poem? Um, is it a narrative? Um, so 1 Samuel is a narrative, 2 Samuel also narrative. Um, and so it's also historical, um, but we don't just think of it as a history lesson, um, we, we want to see that this is what God is saying about history. So it's like God's interpretation of history, but that means it's the right interpretation because it's God. Um, so he's explaining and evaluating what's happening. Um, so we want to have God's perspective on these people and these things. Um, and as you read it, recognize that because it's, it's in the Bible, um, it's, it's about Jesus in some way, and so we're looking to see what it says about him. Um, but knowing that it's a narrative, there are a few things that you can do. This is where the art students can really, you know, come to the fore. Um, things that you can do to read well, uh, to notice what's in the text. Um, we can easily kind of read and go, oh, I don't know who that person is, I give up. it's too hard. Um, but actually there are things you can do, look for in narrative, to make it a bit easier for yourself. Um, first one is themes. This is an easy way in. I've given you a clue that kingship is a big theme. Um, But you might notice other things also just come up a lot. They always seem to be talking about this or, oh, I noticed that was in Chapter 3 and it's also in Chapter 6. You know, look for common things that just come up again and again. Um, There are lots of different episodes. It's like a series of stories, make up a big story. Um, What does each episode say? And how is it the same and different to other episodes? Um, Often it's in chapters, but not always exactly chapters. And maybe something, if you've read the New Testament a bit, if you know something about Jesus already, sometimes you'll be able to see, oh, this reminds me of something that I know about Jesus. And you might be able to make connections that way. Um, So those are themes. The other thing is narrative. Uh, Samuel is really carefully written, and this is true of the whole Bible. Um, Everything that's in there, the author has put in there for a reason. He isn't just kind of waste words, um, telling you useless stuff. Um... So assume that you can learn stuff from all of the the verses. It might be just noticing where is it set? (coughs) What country are we in? Are they in this town or that town? um, Those kinds of things. And you might notice, oh, this, they always seem to do this in this town, you know? Samuel seems to hang out here. And those things just kind of add to your your kitty of facts that you can remember, um, so that you can build a greater knowledge of what's going on. And then it doesn't seem as unfamiliar as well. You can learn about the characters. It's really important to notice who is who. Um, Sometimes it gets muddled, like there's lots of characters. So try and work out the relationships between the characters. um, And try and work out, what are we supposed to think of these characters? So it's not unbiased. God thinks some people are in the right, some people are in the wrong. So what does God think of these characters? How do they relate to God? Um, And the narrator is helpful. So Samuel has kind of a narrator who kind of just knows everything. He just tells you um, straight out what's going on. Um, So you can listen to the narrator's comments and go, oh, okay, this is helping me to understand. Um, And very importantly, the plot. um, What is actually happening in this story? Um, Anyone know sort of the parts that make up a story? There's the beginning. (laughs) The middle, yeah, yeah. And then the end, yeah. Yeah. That's good. But the middle has a little bit more going for it than the other thing. So if you think of the story, the beginning, it kind of starts out, you know, you might just learn where you are, who is there. And then something happens, doesn't it? That's what we call your predicament. Um, So that kind of increases your tension. It's the thing that generates all the action in your story. And then you go on what's called which might have lots of action in it till you reach the climax of the story where the predicament, whatever problem generated your action is resolved. And we go, (coughs) ah, now things are all right. (coughs) And then it ends. That's really like kind of basic stories, right? But um, actually, if you can identify why is all this happening, what happened that set up all this action, that can give you sort of a bit more grounding into what is going on what's important, and you can notice the ups and downs of the story. This helps you to read a bit more closely, so that you're not skimming over details, so you can actually see what it's saying a bit more. There are lots of episodes in Samuel that you can look out for. So that's my, my tips um, for reading Samuel, reading narrative. I hope that it's really fruitful for you. Um, I think it will be. Samuel has so much to teach us about God, and about He's Christ, the King, um, and it tells us a lot about Jesus. Um, so I look forward to hearing um, what we're learning in our engaged groups and in these uh, talks that we'll receive here at Cultures over the next few months. Thanks, guys.